0: Hello, my name is Haley Dahl, and welcome to another episode of Green Exploration Rockford. Today, I'm speaking with Chet Colerge to further explore sustainability in the Rockford region. We're here with Chet Kolajay. so I'm really excited to begin this conversation with you. So would you like to say anything to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm Chet Koleje, and I do not work for the city and all that, but I do have close connections with the city. My connections are not only with the city of Rockford, but in the region, which includes Winnebago County and Boone County, and depending what the circumstances are, can sometimes include Stevenson County. So if you had the three counties together, it's maybe 400, 450,000 people. And it's partially rural, very rural. Yeah, fact, for uh, sure. I'm working right now with some people who are working on a biogas project right. uh, for, do you know, what a CAFO is Mm-mm. That's these big farms where they milk like three, 4,000 cows. Oh, okay. Yeah. And all that stuff that cows make. Yeah. <laughs> you can make energy from it.
0: Okay. The methane. <laughs> or you can let it
1: get rained on and wash into the watershed and, uh, yeah, and
0: destroy that's no the good. land. So, I remember learning about that concept in my environmental science course, which I actually took at Rock Valley College. Here yeah, in it's community.
1: actually pretty big in uh, Wisconsin, but Illinois uh, is kind of different. In fact, I, mm-hmm. I, I just want to make one general comment too. when I speak to the subject, there is no the United States when it comes to energy.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: these United States. And each region is is quite different. So like as an example, I'm wavering a little bit, but we've got a circumstance where I'm on a working group for the Illinois Solar for All program,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, which is for income eligible people. And one of our problems is that the housing stock for generally income eligible people is not as good as you know, the suburbs, you might say, et cetera, et cetera. So a number of the homes don't qualify because the roofs aren't going to last 25 years.
2: Yeah.
1: So what we're trying to do is where we work with the, uh, with the low-income heating program, which generally will upgrade the house. And then from that point, refer them that they might want to look at, at solar and it's highly subsidized. But the mm-hmm. problem is that the two programs are administratively totally separate. Yeah. And uh, so there's no integration. But in Wisconsin, OK, they are integrated. And in mm-hmm. in the Northeast and in uh, Massachusetts, as an example, Vermont and all that, you cannot put in a subsidized solar system. OK, without first having an energy efficiency audit done. Yeah. Some things work well and some things don't work as well. So sorry to get off. Oh, it, no, I no, that was great. Tie, I think it kind of ties into the general theme of, of all this. Uh, For sure. What are some of the barriers? But I've been kind of at this energy efficiency and and then solar and a a bunch of uh, oddball technologies uh, having to do with clean technologies, primarily Mm -hmm. from technology and from the innovation and implementing them into into the actual. I don't like this word, but it's well understood real world. Yeah. Out of the lab, out of the small businesses, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So, like as an example, I. I do review work for business plans for the Clean Energy Trust
2: mm-hmm.
1: and also for our grand labs. Okay. Uh, and then my my tech is people or my, the people get really wound up about, you know, the technology, how the electrons move and,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and all, all the other cool stuff and all that and <laughs> kind of the guides as well, who do you, where do you find the people that will install these?
2: Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah,
1: it's great, it's a great thing for Wisconsin, but you know, you can't do this in Illinois. Because mm-hmm. the interconnect rules that are kind of controlled by the utilities are different. So, yeah. So, so in so the end of the day, I mean, it's just part of the sustainability,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, type of thing. And now that we're getting into, uh, you know, the big buzzword is decarbonization. Yes. Uh, that's, that's really pretty. opening up, really opening up the doors that hopefully that we can get more continuity from state to state. You know, mm-hmm. so to what's allowed and what's not allowed, or or at least get the different states to move in those directions
0: so yeah the united states does seem to lack a federal framework to kind of like guide those states in. yeah i mean the right direction everybody likes
1: to knock texas this week
0: last
1: week where some states call the the people that control the the way the utilities work they call them Mm -hmm. uh, public service commissions sometimes it has a meaning they really are public service yeah sometimes it's you know it's like what public i just
0: I feel like especially because there's going to be conflict of interest naturally between different regions and states, but I feel like it's the job of the federal government to kind of be that guide, if that makes sense, because it's important to give the states the freedom to implement things as they see fit. But it's also important to make sure that the states are Practicing sustainable operations because I feel like at this point in our uh, society we can't keep ignoring that.
1: Well, that you know brings up the four points I'd like to make: is that you know there's the technology itself, and then there's the innovation that gets it to the market. Mm-hmm. But, but the two barriers, okay, one are are particularly in the uh, in the energy fields. Okay, is the public policy, which that's what you're talking about. Yeah. And then the other thing is behavior. That's for sure. You know, uh, We're humans. You know, one, of, one of your questions you're going to ask me is, you know, what 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 are the big environmental problems in Rockford? Mm-hmm. And I think if you ask most people, they'll probably say, uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so true, though. I feel like a good portion of the population is not really uh, well seasoned in environmental issues.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they're they're you know the the big picture is this. I mean, if your your house if the river that's next to your house flood every spring, you've got an environmental problem. But if it happened to neighborhoods over, you know, it doesn't. If you live next to a yeah. coal fired plant, you know, you know you got a problem. But if you're you're out out in, you know, the country and all that and your biggest problem is stray cats, you know, that's my environmental problem here
0: yeah i would say out of mind for sure it's kind of hard for people to see past naturally of course to yeah. see past the problems that they're dealing with right in front of them and also considering the problems of their neighbors
1: but i, I think it i think it's kind of important that when i, I speak to the subject quite a bit i've probably spoken a mm-hmm. hundred times in the last 10 years to different groups in milwaukee and madison and sweden okay. oh wow <laughs> uh, i've been to sweden a couple times which is which is quite interesting
0: but, That's awesome. Uh, I have
1: a cartoon. You always have to start out with a joke. You know? Yeah. It's a two-part cartoon. Somebody's talking to an audience and says, "Who's for change?" And everybody waves their hands. And I says, "Who wants to make change?" Somebody's bowing down and hiding.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> not me. It looks the other way.
1: <laughs> so I'm sorry. I, I think it's I think it's a good segue to, to what we're talking about.
0: No, for sure. No, for sure. Don't mm-hmm. apologize because I'm really really enjoying to hear your insight so, on these topics
1: so I'm, I'm i'm pretty much an advocate you know for sustainability and me too and, uh, there's an awful lot of solutions and i think sometimes mm-hmm. we we're not tugging the same direction
0: definitely definitely
1: you know, even like uh, you know the, the decarbonization you got cap and trade and then you got a carbon tax and then some people say the carbon tax should go to, should be rebated back to the public
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know so that the you know, the part of the expression that corporations don't use it just to raise prices. Yeah. And you get into like, what else can we use the money for So, so the end of the day, we're, you know, we're both tugging on the rope, so to speak, you know, to put a carbon value out there. And uh, which, which uh, I think is a person, I think is a, is a very good way to do this.
0: I agree. Uh, 100%. We just
1: want to get rid of it.
0: But you can't, you got to incentivize certain things and decentivize other things to make things happen. Yeah. I feel like naturally in uh, the system that we live in in America. Yeah. All right. To segue into the first question, I feel like a lot of this has already been touched on. So, you know, whatever you want to add in regards to this, go ahead. And uh, so the first thing I would like to know is what motivated you to get involved in the environmental challenges in Rockford? And can you please give me some background on your involvement, interest, and motivation, and what projects are you currently working on? Which I believe you already uh, yeah, mentioned.
1: On it. I, yeah, you can probably tell by the hair. Okay, I've been at this a while. Okay, right. well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use the last twenty years. Okay, which to you is almost a lifetime, isn't it?
0: Uh, actually, I am twenty. So
1: <laughs> okay, fine. So so about twenty years ago, uh, I decided to uh, kind of go out on my own. And I've always had an interest in, and even though my background is, I'm actually a CPA, if I don't tell people that, I have a master's degree in business. So, so anyway, I, I really like, as I mentioned, to be able to work with companies that uh, have interesting technology and uh, they have challenges of getting into the market. I mean, it could be anything. I mean, we could be, I could be helping people make weapons. Okay. But uh, the grand challenge that, and the fun part for me is, is working in the energy field. Okay, mm-hmm. and, uh, and naturally with the energy field, the way it's, it's going is with clean energy, clean technologies, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all natural, you know, the natural progression. So how I got into it, I just kind of wandered into it. I could make a lot, a lot of money, okay, doing other things, but uh, you know, just have a point in life where I'm wanna, if some people say give back, I just wanna relax and work with interesting people. Yeah, I've done some uh, review <laughs> work for uh, the National Academy of Science been on panels because I have an expertise in commercializing clean technologies. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun when you sit in a room with 20 people and find out there's only two of you in the room that don't have a PhD. (laughs) Okay. And so, and that's the reason I get involved in these things. They bring me into them because sometimes you need someone who has a different point of view.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I'm working right now with the National uh, Science Foundation uh, with a with a professor at uh, purdue and some students with uh, with a uh, with a program on commercializing a type of a, a solar system that has a stop engine light in it that's how we describe it because people don't know if it's working or not mm-hmm. you, know, you can't watch the electrons you know go around so anyway that that's that's my interest and how i got dragged into this and and there's just so many new things and good things and and worthwhile things in regards to energy, energy efficiency, decarbonization, and that's one of the legs of sustainability. So,
0: mm-hmm. I think it's actually really interesting that you have that business background because we want to see the necessary environmental change and sustainability changes that we need. We need to make it economically attractive.
1: Yeah, you know, I was talking to I was talking to the the fellow. I won't mention his name, but he, he knows more about in Illinois how the energy system works from a policy standpoint. Mm-hmm. He's not in currently directly involved, but he's actually a consultant for the Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. And okay. we were just talking recently about motivations. And I said, What I've found is no matter what people say, about 70% of their motivation is to reduce their cost.
2: Yeah. For 20% sure.
1: is to be green. And 10% is so that they can publish an article and look like they're doing something Yeah, like PR and he says I think you're overstating that 30% check and I <laughs> says yeah I think I am but I like to think that people are better than that
0: think so, positively uh,
1: <laughs> so like uh, I'm working right now with with a park district in Rockford okay on a, uh, a project which is about a thousand panels and, oh wow uh, um I, I don't get frustrated because you just can't get frustrated but but I know yeah. I don't want to say they'll never do anything, okay. But you know their their stated motives and what what they can do I think within their system, okay. It's about ninety five percent money, you know. Yeah. In fact, what I'm trying to talk talk them into doing is is putting in a much smaller like demonstration system, and all that, and I would get it done, okay. And mm-hmm. then they can use it for student projects. And in fact, uh, I talked to a couple friends of mine. They said they would help fund the project
2: not okay. necessarily
1: the solar itself but the you know the display so the children could go in and see how you know how they actually work
2: no that's Once awesome the solar
1: systems are either behind barbed wire okay because you don't want people wandering around with that high voltage stuff yeah or they're up three stories on a roof
0: so you so, can't really like see
1: it so they can't really can't really see it so uh
0: education that's I feel like mm-hmm. the key, just educating the populace so that they're more receptive to yeah it's, the got, necessary. it's got to be normal.
1: I mean you have to be yeah. like Colorado. you go down the, the streets and you know and there's two people don't have solar on their roofs and you know people go like, hey, George, how come you don't have solar on your roof. Yeah, you like, like you're the like, weirdo
0: for not having I'm solar there's
1: a real cost, you know, et cetera. but at least you got a conversation.
0: So. No, that's exactly exactly. Yeah, the exactly. conversations, mm-hmm. they're important. Segueing into the next question i would like to know how you define environmental challenges and how would you define the parameters of the environmental challenges in rockford
1: well you know environmental is a you know i mean it's a big thing and we, we've extended it to and i think it's well well done to challenge populations i think the environmental challenges there and i guess if you, you know, if your house is drafting and your kids get asthma and they miss school you know, and, you know, public aid is, doesn't have enough money. I mean, those, those are environmental challenges that, you know, that extend into health and so on and so forth. But in regards to, you might say, uh, you know, the consumer, the regular everyday person. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you heard the term Alice population, mm-hmm. asset challenged, low income, currently working, okay. know, et cetera. You know, they're the people who won a thousand dollar repair on their car and, they lose their job, you know, that type, type of yeah. thing. So, but uh, in regards to specific, I mean, the Rock River, okay, uh, doesn't seem to flood as much as it used to. Done a lot of stuff over the years in regards to where there are homes that are in perpetual flooding areas, flood zones, and they're mm-hmm. not there anymore. They tore them down, and they got federal money. Keith Creek is the same thing. Uh, they've managed to straighten that out and so on and so forth. So, in regards to water, And those types of challenges uh, we don't have an ocean rising and taking over the, uh, you know, over the waterfront, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess once in a while we have a tornado, so we're not in a hurricane zone, so we're not worrying about that. Water is something that we're starting to see is becoming an issue in the Southwest of Chicago and Joliet. We have very good water in Rockford. In fact, it was quite interesting. I was on a committee about two years ago and found out that our water our, our groundwater goes to Joliet.
2: Oh, I didn't
1: know that. Even though the Rock River goes towards the Mississippi, goes south and west, mm-hmm. okay. Our groundwater actually goes to Joliet. Okay, underground. I mean, it's it's quite interesting. But we don't have we don't have a water challenge. We have the second largest landfill in Illinois, so uh, we don't. Yeah, have I was control, reading about that. I mean, yeah, it's a long term issue you know you know landfills but at least locally the land you know our garbage is not a problem mm-hmm. and uh, I've never heard anybody complain about the air air quality I actually have an air quality monitor in my house and also measures the outside because I'm a techie yeah you know, our air is generally good I mean it, you know when it's bad mm-hmm. is, you know when there's fog we don't have heavy traffic you know so it's though I'm sure that if you measure the measure the the corridors on one you know the main through through throughways in Rockford at certain times, you know. There's probably that we don't have a coal-fired plant. Uh, we have a nuclear plant uh, forty miles down the road, which Byron, yeah, Byron, which is yeah. not, uh, you know. But they call that uh, you know zero emissions. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't think that the local people perceive that we have environmental challenges in in terms of you know hurricanes, floods, forest fires water, et cetera, et cetera, which may, which may explain why maybe we're not as environmentally conscious, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we're outside of the Chicago uh, EPA zone. We the don't,
0: Region we, 5 we, headquarters, is that?
1: Yeah, yes. In fact, uh, at one time, about three or four years ago, I was trying to find out about getting a uh, Rockford in the, uh, uh, the, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's the EPA having a transportation. We found out we couldn't even join it. Oh. because we weren't continuous with, with the current one. I talked to the person that ran the one in Milwaukee and found out that though light could join. Okay, we weren't in Wisconsin. So so we're kind of like an island out there.
0: Yeah, so like we don't really have any EPA influence out here?
1: Well, yeah, they're, no, not really, not really, unless somebody complains. We have a groundwater deep issue that goes back to our industrial past. But i don't think most people know about them and they're pretty well uh in check Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know et cetera et cetera so so there doesn't seem to be like one thing that can coalesce the community around our waterfront or Mm -hmm. you know our beaches or our kids are dying of asthma you know uh, et cetera et cetera though i imagine in fact you know i i'm not i don't want to accuse anybody of this but up in, up in Madison that I'm, I'm very familiar with because I'm up there a lot, uh, there's a company called Propeller. and what they do is they take they, they have taken the monitoring air monitoring systems in different communities in the area in Madison and compare them with the incidences of asthma. Mm-hmm. okay And it's like wacko. If there's three collaborating uh, reasons that you know there's the asthma problems, Okay, it's number one and two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was talking to the fellow who, or the pre, the person who started the business, and he, he told me this. He says, frankly, he says, the hospital, the Board of Health don't want to know. They really don't want to know.
0: Because it's know? like, if they don't know about it, then there's not a problem to address. There's not a
1: problem to address. Okay. But
0: that, ah, it's so, like, avoidant.
1: It is. But but uh, now now it's working. Okay, it was a start of business seven years ago. So, hmm so uh, I, I can't say that I had that much to do with it, but you know, yeah. talking to the person and kind of talking through some of the, you know, the gee whizzes about the thing. Because often, you know, you go like, you know, that doesn't make any sense, but maybe that's the way it is. Maybe there's something wrong with me. So anyway, uh, you know, I, I wish I could say this is it. Uh, we do have a couple of brownfields uh, that, uh, in fact, uh, I don't know, if it, uh, we call it it's the Barbara Coleman, Uh, Reed Chatwood, it's on the river, et cetera. And they've had, they've gotten federal money to clean it up. Uh, They were going to renovate the whole place. And then that, that project fell apart. So there are spots. Okay. But uh, we don't see people out there starting committee to do this or to do that, 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 that I'm, I'm aware of.
2: Mm -hmm. All right.
1: But they're there. They're there. Yes, definitely. Maybe it's just a matter of. Yeah, that's a matter of, of making it known and getting out in the community and say this is how it impacts you and your children. Yes, the education you know, I, is I, key. Uh, there's a there's a person who uh, I met works for a uh, not for pro- large not for profit in Chicago. She lives lives in Hyde Park, and I, I was talking to her one day, and I, I almost broke out in tears. Found out that she was actually a lead baby. Oh wow! She was two years old. She was yeah. impacted by lead, and they they diagnosed her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she's a very successful, motivated person with a master's degree, and oh wow! You, know, when you read about what lead does to children, you know, et cetera. So it might be happening here, but we're not hearing about it.
0: And it's important to keep exploring. That's basically the whole premise of this podcast: is to just explore mm-hmm. what's going on in the community and seeing how things could be better.
1: Yeah, I've I've asked, I've asked mm-hmm. the come uh, Edison. Okay, can tell you. You know, down to the down to the block. You know, the amount of money they put into energy efficiency programs. Mm-hmm. You know, different house households and all that. And it's a bit of a thing with me is that uh, I think Commonwealth Edison needs needs a larger presence on Rockford. I mean, it's, I can't remember I've got the statistics, but we're we're running about thirty oh, percent of what our fair share should be,
2: mm. in
1: regards to energy efficiency money. Yeah. So I, I raised the question. When I found out that they had the data. I says, "Can you let let us have the data?" Mm-hmm. So you know block by block by block, you know what what communities, you know are 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 taking advantage of the energy efficiency programs. Okay, and I kind of know what the answer is, but without the data, I, I guess if I was in public office, I might be pushing that a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's the end goal for me is I'm getting my civil and environmental engineering undergraduate degree. And I want to take practical experience that I'll get from working in the environmental engineering field and then mm-hmm. bringing that to the political sphere. So, yeah,
1: and that's, that's the important thing is combining those. Yes. Because otherwise, you know, I, I work with some really, really fine people from CUB and mm-hmm. the National Resources Defense Fund and, and a number of these other things. And quite often, and they're more in the policy area yeah well, you know, <laughs> after a while you know it's like well, maybe we want to see if we can do that
0: because yeah. uh, to get uh, that uh change you have to you know the work the work the system i have a minor as well in sustainable cities which brings the policy side to my civil engineering degree which i've been really enjoying
1: so well, I, I i think you're getting into a field that's you know that's wonderful because I, I i think this is a growing field I don't think we're going to catch ever catch up with Europe. Sweden, they uh, backtracking a little bit. We went to a town that's called Lidshipping in central mm-hmm. Sweden, and they burn garbage. Okay, and and they use the heat okay to heat virtually every house in, in the city. Now, one reason that works in Sweden is because they use hot water heat there. Uh, we stopped using hot water heat in our cities back in the 1920s. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, if you study it, if you study it, virtually the downtown Rockford was all hot water heat. It was, mm. uh, there was a power plant down there and they they piped that hot water. Uh, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, the whole campus is, is heated by that coal-fired plant that's downtown. But anyway, they were they were so efficient with the with the heat plant and Sweden was doing this, they had to import their garbage from England. Uh, they literally didn't have enough garbage. And when you went to the recycling centers there, I'm not exaggerating, okay, I've got pictures of it, okay, they had 20 different types of bins, Wow. okay, all different colors, now here, you know, we're, we're you know, we just throw everything into the recycle thing, and not know?
0: everyone even properly does that,
1: but in Sweden, okay, they have one for this kind of glass, and one for that kind of glass, you know, because glass isn't glass, the plastic, and so on, so it's incredible, but, you know, yeah. it's kind of built, baked into their culture.
0: That's the you know, thing. It's a lifestyle was, for sure.
1: There was one thing I did find out about them. They were practical. Okay, I happened to notice the smoke
2: me. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it wasn't black smoke like a coal fire plant, and all that. But I happened to notice that, and I asked one of the guys, okay, if they had a what, whatever it was, it was one of the deputy mayors, if they knew what was coming out of that smokestack. And he gave me this thing, and I found out you couldn't do that here in the United States. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember what it was that was coming out of there, but it was like twice what our our limit is,
2: mm. okay. and they
1: knew it. Okay, but you know they accepted it because you know it's a it's a practical thing. So.
0: So into our third question, what environmental challenges has Rockford struggled with the most in the past? So I know you kind of mentioned that there really hasn't been like one to rally around. So I guess just yeah. we it's could just answer flooding. this as best we can. It's mostly then... flooding. Flooding.
1: and I guess the other one is it, it's it's an environmental challenge but I don't think we' we've, we've caught we call it an environmental challenge We've had a bit of I shouldn't say a bit of, a bit of urban sc- scrawl
0: yeah uh, uh, Rockford's so definitely have, a so wide various, region
1: yeah, yeah and the city of Rockford is, is, as an example you know we have we have stretches of the main street that goes through Rockford State Street. Mm-hmm. you get off the interstate and you get on state street and you get you get all through town but it's the way you get downtown and the commercial strip there that was built in the 70s and 80s which is about a mile and a half long is almost dead now mm. Okay, replaced by the next commercial strip which is another
0: by Riverside long. probably where they're all yeah, building going, up like the Costco away.
2: yeah
1: yeah so so I, I think we haven't really recognized that as an environmental challenge, but it is one. Whenever they, they extend the study city out, you know they, they have to put in longer, more water pipes and more, more uh, you know, gas lines and so on and so forth. But because they're not used, you know sooner or later, they're deteriorating.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so it's, I don't think it's
0: recognized
1: as, a, as an environmental challenge, but I think it is.
0: Definitely, uh, definitely. The thing.
1: I lived in, lived in Lansing, Michigan, and when uh-huh. we lived there, it was the headquarters for Oldsmobile. They don't make Oldsmobiles anymore. Uh-huh. And I was, uh, we lived right on the outskirts, right on the interstate. And I was back there about six years ago, and it looks like a city that has three rings. The downtown area is the state capital, and it it uh, it's you know it's it looks like Springfield. Illinois. It's an older city, but it's vibrant. Yeah. There's restaurants and stuff like that. And then actually, like for almost like a mile and a half around there in a circle, it's empty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. It's just like cleared. And and all that. And then when you get out another mile towards the interstate, then it's oh, it's all changed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we
1: got a little bit. I'm sure that's true everywhere.
0: I uh really like that you brought up the urban sprawl. I just wrote about how rapid urbanization has been causing a lot of water resource yeah. issues because mm-hmm. non-permeable surfaces such as buildings and concrete, asphalt, and how that's been causing a problem with the aquifer that we get yeah. our, mm-hmm. um, our water supply and how we mm-hmm. still are managing to take out more water than it gets put back in.
1: 40 years ago, Olympia Brewery
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay, was actually in a building. It's actually going to build a brewery, okay, near you know Roscoe, Rockton, northwest of downtown River.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: there's a there is an underground river there. This is not urban oh. legend, okay. That's down about three hundred feet. That literally, okay, is a river. It's underneath the. I mean, it's. I mean, it doesn't flow in you know like a regular river, but there's so much water there, okay, mm-hmm. and it parallels actually parallels the Rock River. Oh. And where I live, where I live, I live about halfway between right, Rockford and Belvedere on the country and out here. We had a, we actually had an artesian well in a, in a seasonal stream running to the back of my property. Mm-hmm. And about three years after we moved in here, it's not there anymore. Oh, wow. And I know why, because we were the fourth house in the subdivision and we all had yeah. wells. And mm-hmm. now there's about 60 homes. So the water table's dropped. Uh, mm-hmm. My well's fine, so... You know, I, I guess, if, you know, and actually I have a very shallow well because of the underlying rock. But but the point of the matter is, is that that creek isn't there anymore. Yeah. The creek is there only when there's runoff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, et cetera. But the natural spring there isn't there anymore. Yeah. So it's everywhere. You know, they're just, they're just what they call just noticeable differences. I'm good friends with the person who manages the uh, climate change program for the city of Madison. Okay. And I also know the one that runs the climate change program for the County of Dane, they've addressed a lot of the stuff as farm runoff, mm-hmm. et cetera, urban sprawl, Yeah, uh, which, you know, eventually, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the water level, and they actually have a problem with flooding there
2: Yeah,
1: uh, from the, you know, from the Madison lakes, but they're more, mm-hmm. they're more apparent. Okay. They're more apparent because they had to shut downtown uh, about two years ago. Uh, oh, because wow. They had flooding. And a lot of flooding came down to silting between the lakes. I can't. I can't remember uh, what the lakes were Mendota yeah. and Monona or something. Okay, over there. So they had to. They had to level out the, the ranges. So they're more apparent. Mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we just don't seem to have something that, you know, that that just hits you in the face when you. Yeah. You know, or something people talking about. Maybe we can dig into the numbers. I mean, we did a. Uh, we did exactly. a Exactly. did a. Did a. Uh, a carbon study mm. in uh,
2: 2011.
1: Uh, and we've never done another one after that. When uh, I was running uh, uh, Freedom Field before it closed in 2017, 2018, we had students from Rock Valley there talk about the solar farm and says, where's it at? And if you yeah, ask the airport, Eighty-eight percent of the people in Rockford, I mean, it's huge. It was mm-hmm. It was the second biggest solar farm in the state when it was built.
0: What seems to be the most pressing environmental issues for Rockford currently? Has this changed or evolved? How? Why? And I remember in your email, uh, you actually kind of answered this. And you said, the number one issue in my mind is that we do not have an environmental sustainability plan in Rockford or in any of our regional cities or regional plan. Yeah. And when I was talking to the R1 planning council, and I that's people. what they were saying to that pretty much the biggest Issue is that there isn't that plan, and they're currently in the works of um developing. Yeah, they that. hire,
1: they hire, they I I I have to compliment the regional planning in the last uh, three or four years. They've really uh, upped their game.
2: Yeah, and I sounds I think
1: that like it. if they can continue on the way they're doing, I don't think some of the some of the things that I'm talking about uh, will will be a problem anymore. The staff they put on in the last two years, their credentials are incredibly, really first class. There is an environmental committee.
0: Uh yeah, they mentioned that when I was speaking to yeah, them. Yeah,
1: but when you look at the members, there's no environmentalist on it.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, you're not seeing, you know, the Sierra Club, you're not seeing Cub, you're not yeah. seeing national resources, you're not seeing uh 350, you know, all the all the environmental advocates. It's so they're lacking a,
0: like a crucial perspective, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah. The perspective is all the dot orgs and .dot yeah, you know, dot govs, et cetera. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. But I, I've I'm actually on the committee, but I haven't been going to meetings. There's a lot of things that that, that, that organization does, okay, that are kind of mandated,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay? You know, like, in fact, uh, up to about seven years ago, it was almost all transportation. So mm-hmm. when you get the, you know, the, the motor fuel money, that, you know, when, if you look at the taxes, there's a, there's a federal tax and there's a state tax, Okay, mm-hmm. some of that motor fuel money goes back to the regions, okay, to be used for roads and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. like, and in order to qualify for that, you have to have a regional plan because they want yes. to know how they're going to use the money.
2: Mm-hmm. So a lot of
1: the stuff they, they were doing there was really mandatory. And then the other stuff is like, uh, and actually, one thing they have, they do have that I think is first class is a green waste plan. Okay.
0: Oh, but they mentioned that. Out. Yeah, yeah. They, that
1: started out because there was grant money available, so so it wasn't because necessarily because they thought there was a need for it for the community. It was just more of a, it's the way you get to, way you get your money, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know that's the federal way of making you do things. So
2: yeah, and
1: I got asked by Sherrod Bustos, the so representative Bustos, mm-hmm. about four or five years ago, how come we don't have EVs? I just go to a dealer and ask.
0: They don't they have, have, like, they stock. need that education. Doc, Yeah.
1: Okay, they don't have any literature? Okay, the salespeople don't know anything about them? Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, when I did a study about five years ago, we had more Teslas than we had any, than every other hybrid existed.
0: And that's not very financially feasible for a yeah, lot of people.
1: We had, uh, you know, and ComEd said that they put on an EV charging station, but they didn't the public is that they goes the gate at five o'clock at night mm. but anyway anyway uh i'm when we talk about inclusive you know voices and inclusiveness and so on and so forth you know which is mm-hmm. okay, i think that's what we need a little bit more of you know, definitely center. definitely one other one other thing and i'm i'm very glad the i call him the new mayor he's only he's been in about two years ago uh, we have recognized community groups mm-hmm. in the community Different neighborhoods, except Yeah, and and there was no court, uh, coordination of that went away about four or five years ago. Mm. And the city didn't really know what was going on in the neighborhoods unless they showed up at the city council meeting. And they reinstated that position about a year and a half ago. Now we do have some communities that are very active, like the one that's near the uh, what used to be Rock Memorial Hospital,
0: mm. because
1: the neighborhood is trying to keep the hospital there.
0: Yeah. Because
1: mm-hmm. they built that new hospital, so so. Oh, the
0: one off Riverside.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that replaced the old Rockford Memorial. Yeah. So uh, they're they're trying to keep it there, but uh, most of the other communities are pretty quiet. So, mm-hmm. But but uh, that's where this is going to come from. Okay. Getting okay. Those, Getting these communities awake.
0: Yes. If I was
1: going to do one thing. You know, if the mayor said do one thing that's what i'd do
0: yeah getting the communities awake and involved let them know they're being heard i think now would be a good time to wrap up part one of this episode Love to thank Chet Kolje for sharing his valuable insight during this discussion. I am looking forward to continuing this discussion in part two of this episode to continue to explore sustainability in the Rockford region. I hope all of the listeners learned something new today, and will continue to learn new things as this series progresses. My name is Haley Dahl and I will be signing off until the second part of this episode. Stay green and stay exploring, Rockford.